Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, my co-host, she confuses me because I was thinking if she were a superheroine, who would she be? Would it be Wonder Woman or Supergirl? Would it be Power Woman or the She-Hulk? Maybe all four combined. How do you like that? She is the She-Devil with the sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, thank you for that introduction. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to deal with this right off the bat um, because people are going to think, what is wrong with Sheila's face? Um, I have a black eye. What? <laughs> I've done my best. I don't know if you can tell. I've done my best to hide it so that it is no longer black, but both eyes are like not good. And uh, anyways, I just hmm. while I love professional wrestlers, I don't want to look like one. Um, and yesterday I wore sunglasses in all my videos. But today I'm in studio and it is my natural inclination to think that people who wear sunglasses inside are on cocaine. So I didn't want anybody to make that assumption about me. Uh, I tried on 10 different pairs of glasses to make sure that they hit me in the right place to sort of hide my black eye, but I've got one and uh, now it's out there. And so it's Wait a minute, with, Sheila. Let's just keep going. <laughs> you, you, you are burying the lead, as they say in the journalism business. How did you get the black eye? Uh, same reason I thought I was going to have one two weeks ago. So, <laughs> so um, two weeks ago, I uh, do you remember, David, when I was like, I can't be on the live stream with you because um, they, I got to do some things up inside my sinuses and then. And then oh. it could leave me with a black eye. Well, a couple weeks ago, it didn't leave me with a black eye. So I thought, okay, no big deal. I don't need to like work ahead, find someone to cover the live stream for me because it didn't cause a problem last time. So won't cause a problem this time. Well, it did. Like the first two minutes of my video yesterday were me complaining to Justin into uh, my cell phone about how what happened to my face and how terrible it was. But yet, like I said, yesterday I got to wear sunglasses because I did most of my work outside. Mm. Today is not so much. So hopefully tomorrow everything will be fine. I'll just be back to my normal self. So but this wasn't so an assault. This wasn't Dion Bue's run amok. Because I'll tell you, if it was, Sheila, I'd be hopping on a Concorde right now to Edmonton. Is the Concorde still flying? Did they bring that back? No. Whatever the second fastest passenger plane, I'd be on that to defend you because... Uh, but thank goodness it wasn't anything like that, correct? No, not, nothing like that at all. That would, you know, and then I could say, though, well, you should see the other guy. But, but, but I, I don't even have a good story for it. I just I just thought I would just mention it right off the hop because it'll be like in the YouTube comments. What's wrong with Sheila's face? What's wrong with Sheila's face? Yes, I realize one side of my face looks like a Rob Zombie movie. I get oh, it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging tough, Sheila, and uh, joining me because it isn't the same without you, my friend. And by the way, I, this is usually when you tell people the ostensible policy reason of this Rebel News live stream. Exactly. Um, so normally this used to just be the Rebel News live stream on Fridays. It was the weekly Friday live stream. Now we do it five days a week because there's more news than ever. Um, we think people like interacting with us. We like interacting with them and each other. So currently we're streaming on YouTube, not because we like YouTube, but because we think it's a great place for people to find us. And if mm. you find us on YouTube, might I suggest you migrate over to a platform that doesn't hate you, doesn't hate conservatives and won't censor the news. And so that's why we're also streaming on Rumble. 
um, which is a great free speechy platform. We're also streaming on Super U. Again, great company. Uh, they don't care about your views, which is exactly how I want a company to be. And we are also over on uh, Odyssey. And on Odyssey and on Super U, you can make a donation to support the work that we do. On Odyssey, you can leave something called a hyper chat. Uh, you have to buy some of their library cryptocurrency first. I don't understand cryptocurrency, but we're <laughs> happy to take it off your hands. And on Super U, you can leave us a tip. And if you do that, then we'll read your comment on air. Absolutely. And we are very grateful, folks, for your voluntary contributions to our journalism, unlike the involuntary contributions you make to the CBC and the newspapers and McLean's and so on and so forth. Uh, and well, without further ado, you know, I see. Well, you know, folks, if Rebel News headquarters was the Batcave, our Batmobile is the Jumbotron equipped truck. <laughs> I love that thing. And it does the same kind oh. of thing, too, trying to get some a modicum of justice out there. And Sheila, uh, maybe you can explain what this is about. It is our Shame on Shandro campaign. What is all that about? Oh, boy, we fired up the Shame Mobile and we're taking it all around Calgary. This I love. The, I'm like you, David. I love the billboard trucks. Um, and I, I'm so happy that our first time out um, I guess since the beginning of the pandemic is the billboard truck to shame one of the worst lockdown offenders um, in Alberta. It's health minister Tyler Shandro. He has allowed his health bureaucrats to run amok, run to use the court system to get court orders to arrest pastors in front of their kids. In the case of Tim Stevens twice, um, Pastor Art on the cold, wet pavement. They did that. Oh. That was Alberta Health Services going to court to get a secret court order. They arrested um, Chris Scott at the whistle stop using that same order. Tim Stevens is still in jail. His kids spent Father's Day without their dad because the province locked him up. And it is Health Minister Tyler Shandro is directly responsible for that. Raquel Stevens, her anniversary with Tim happened just last week while Tim was incarcerated. Alberta is moving to stage three reopening. All the MLAs are off shopping for their Calgary Stampede outfits. Tim Stevens is still in jail. So we got ourselves a billboard truck and Adam Sos and K2, Key and Simone, they're driving around Calgary. They drove it around all day yesterday. They're driving it around today. So if you see them, take a picture, tweet it at me um, because I want to share it. Um, and they are taking it to churches. Um, they're driving it around all uh, high visibility locations in Calgary because they want to shame Tyler Shandro. I think it's really weird how the rest of the world outside of Alberta, they are absolutely shocked and outraged at what's happening to the pastors here, including Pastor Coates, by the way. I can't even believe I just glossed right over him. Pastor Coates also spent 35 days in jail, again, directly on the shoulders of Tyler Shandro. And uh, we think that while the mainstream media is perfectly fine with the treatment of Christian pastors yeah. in this province, we think the general public is outraged. And if you think that, too, might I suggest you go to shameonshandro.com. We've got a petition there. But also, if you wouldn't mind pitching in to cover the cost of that billboard truck, uh, every little bit helps. But we think it is so important to, you know, show the world that 
while the government and while Health Minister Shandro is locking up pastors, normal everyday Albertans think it is a shameful international disgrace. And again, you can help cover the cost to offset the billboard truck because these things are expensive. Um, you know, we've got to create graphics and video uh, production beforehand and then, you know, pay the truck to drive it around. That's at shameonshandro.com. Justin, do you have a, you got a little clip there, don't you? Yeah, let's check that out. And so we arranged a little surprise for Mr. Shandro. We're going to have a billboard bust with footage of these dramatic arrests and pictures of Tyler Shandro in the Sky Palace going around reminding everyone of the ridiculous hypocrite that Tyler Shandro is. If you want to help this initiative, I urge you to go to shameonshandro.com to help. And Calgary, we'll see you out there. Shame on you, Tyler Shandro. for Rebel News here and I'm standing in the very spot where Pastor Tim Stevens was first arrested. As you likely know, he was in jail for a bit and released because they watched the arrest and watched serving of papers. He's now been re-arrested and you also no doubt saw that harrowing and heartrending footage of him being taken away from his crying family. We also know that Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky was arrested in dramatic SWAT-style fashion roadside. This isn't the only uh, group of people that have been targeted though. It's not just pastors, it's business owners and it's individuals who've been punished, ticketed and thrown in jail for resisting these unjust measures. And we've learned that the man responsible for targeting these individuals, for making a political example out of them, is Tyler Shandro. And we cannot let that stand. Tyler Shandro himself is a scofflaw. He was caught in the Sky Palace breaking these rules. Um, he's been caught in numerous instances along with other UCP members violating the very rules that he's enforcing militantly on others. That is a double standard that we are not allowing. And so we arranged a little surprise for Mr. Shandro. We're going to have a billboard bust with footage of these dramatic arrests and pictures of Tyler Shandro in the Sky Palace going around reminding everyone of the ridiculous hypocrite that Tyler Shandro is. If you want to help this initiative, I urge you to go to shameonshandro.com to help. And Calgary, we'll see you out there. Shame on you, Tyler Shandro. Hey guys, so just a quick update on our tour of the city in our Shame on Shandro truck. We're now, as you likely recognize, outside the church of Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. This is, of course, the location he left from after worship before his arrest. This is also where he ejected the authorities in his uh, viral get out, get out speech. So we're going to hang out here for a while. We were at the police station. We were at Tyler Shandro's office. We started off, as you know, this morning at Pastor Tim Stevens Church. Next up, though, we're going to be heading downtown so if you're downtown you may see a shame on Chandra truck if you want to help this initiative go to shameonshandro.com you can learn more or even help us pay for this truck behind us all right everybody so that is nearly a wrap on the billboard truck for today we have been all over the city countless eyes have been watching the truck to call out the shameful conduct of Tyler Shandro 
uh, truck driver is going to keep doing a few laps around the city as you saw him just drive by. But don't fear, we're not done. We're going to be back at it tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled on social media. Maybe you can come track us down and uh, get, a, get your eyes on the truck for yourselves. How cool is that, Sheila? The only thing cooler would be yep. Tyler Shandro walking down the sidewalk and, oh, what's this? And seeing his image with the word shame on you, like uh, the uh, the Game of Thrones uh, Cersei walk. I know. <laughs> you know it'd be, and it'd be great if we could hire somebody in a medieval costume with a bell ringing it too as, as he follows him down the road. But wow, um, he it's well-deserved. And I think, you know, Adam made a good point. If you're going to have these draconian rules, maybe you agree with them, maybe you don't agree with them, I don't, but that's not the point. Right. It is incumbent upon you to lead by example, to follow those rules, and they don't. So as far as I'm concerned, this guy has no credibility. No. I mean, especially after he was pictured up in the Sky Palace. Sky Palace. Um, in the Sky Palace that has claimed so many conservatives, um, it, it's like it's got a siren song and a lure that just <laughs> calls in, you know, conservative sailors to the rocks and just smashes their careers. Um, you know, he's up there on the Sky Palace whining and dining Jameson's, I guess, with uh, Premier Jason Kenney in violation of the lockdown rules while he is imprisoning. Good, honest, decent family men. And in the case of Tim Stevens, I would say abusing Tim Stevens. Yes. Using the state to abuse Tim Stevens and more importantly, sorry, Tim, but your kids. Because those kids have been traumatized twice now yeah. at the hands of the state because the the Calgary police and health officials have come and arrested their dad in front of them, once at the church and once at the home. And so, you know, if there's a single person in this province who deserves to be shamed with a billboard truck, it is Tyler Shadro. And I saw somebody in the YouTube comments say, hey, we probably need one of those for Doug Ford. You know what? You help us pay for this one. We'll pay it forward. We'll get one for Doug Ford. Um, because I love cracking out the billboard trucks. And I know you love them too, David. Oh, They're yeah. so much fun. They, they, but they if truly anyone are. would yeah, if you'd like to help us cover the cost of this truck and maybe put a little money in the bank to get one for Doug Ford, please go to shameonshandro.com. Um, you know, this shame is very well deserved. And again, it is international. Like a lot of our media requests for us to appear on like outside media is Americans who can't even believe their eyes yep. about what's happening here. And yet in Alberta in particular, but Canada for sure, uh, the some of the largest locker downer cheerleaders are the media who are saying, well, why didn't Tim Stevens just comply with the law? Why yeah. didn't he just do that? And and what I would say to those media COVID Cassandras and Karens is simply this. It, Sheila, whether it's Grace Life, Pastor Tim, Pastor Arthur, we know for a fact that these churches and what they're doing, like, say, Pastor Art actually feeding the homeless, uh, none of these media Cassandras would ever be caught dead uh, getting so close with the, uh, the, the little people like that. Um, there's no evidence whatsoever of um, a COVID-19 outbreak. Zero. Because we know... Yeah. 
We didn't know, a year ago, we weren't quite sure. We were still figuring this out. But now we know that the vast majority of deaths are elderly people at long-term care facilities, and they typically have an underlying medical condition. We know that for a fact. And yet we're still pretending it's early 2020, like this is maybe the second coming of Ebola. Do you remember, Sheila, when, you know, when this news was first breaking, you would see people at the gas station and they'd be entombing the um, the gas dispenser mm-hmm. in paper towel uh, because it, it was like there was cooties that would jump onto you. I, I haven't seen that for about a year now. OK, so yep. we know much more than we did more than a year ago. So why are we pretending it's still early 2020 and that, you know, this is a far more deadly uh, virus that affects everybody equally when we know it is not? Well, and our politicians know that it's not as deadly as they're telling us because they're behaving exactly like Tyler Shandro is. Exactly. Exactly like Jason Kenney is. Exactly like Doug Ford is. Just going to his cottage to... Chuck the plumbing. Sure you are. Um, <laughs> and, 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 all, and don't forget uh, the like. See that we talked about this when uh, the former minister of finance for Ontario, Sheila Rod Phillips. Um, and, and to me, this was a next level uh, element of deviousness when he was putting out at Christmas time, you know, fireside chats with Rod Phillips and he's in a turtleneck in front of a <laughs> fireplace. Meanwhile, he's suntanning his Rakota cheese yeah. candy ass in St. Bart's, on one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And um, basically, well, the hypocrisy was was one angle, but what you and I agreed on is, You know, deep down, this is great news. Um, Rod Phillips, he's a smart man. He's in the inner circle of the Ontario government. He has access to all the latest medical and scientific information. He would never dare put his family at risk if he thought flying to the Caribbean was truly a life-changing event. So I thought, you know, hooray, you know. And uh, and by the way, just to show that... um, you always fail upward in Doug Ford's Ontario. Uh, while he lost the portfolio of Minister Finance just the other day, uh, he was given a new portfolio. I think it was long-term care. I'm not sure. Um, oh my goodness! But but you, you know what? It's when you get caught and you fail and you screw up. It's not you're cancelled. Uh-uh. Not if you're part of the elites. It's you go into the penalty box. You serve your double minor, and then you come back with a new portfolio. How pathetic is that? You know, Justin, uh, if you wouldn't mind going to my Twitter account, um, if you go there, I've retweeted something that Tim Stevens wrote from behind bars. Oh. And I think, again, for all those people who say, they, why can't he just follow the rules? Tim explains it really well in that letter, if you wouldn't mind digging it up. It's a letter he wrote. Um, from behind bars at the remand center. And I think he sent it to his lovely wife, Raquel, and she published it on the fairviewbaptistchurch.ca website. And it's a letter to Premier Kenny and Alberta MLAs. He says, I write this from my jail cell in the Calgary remand center last or the past week. I've missed my wedding anniversary and Father's Day. My children will remember this Father's Day as a time when they wept over the phone as I did my best to stay composed before other inmates while expressing my love for my children. 
Your government has wrongfully put me on the horns of a dilemma. Either I forsake my convictions before God, or I'm imprisoned for some unknown time, taken from my family and the church community I'm entrusted to serve. If I choose the former, then I deny God. Thus, I'm left facing the consequences of the latter. My conscience is captive to the word of God and shall not be moved. I realize that you think it's best to adapt or change religious practices to work within the confines of your overbearing rules. But to adapt or change what I believe God calls me to do is to deny what God has called me to do. What a powerful statement. It sure for is. example, for example, I'm commanded by Jesus who died to make me his own, to practice hospitality. In fact, as a pastor, this must be a defining mark of my life. Hospitality is the practice of welcoming guests into your home, a practice forbidden by your government for six months. When forced to choose between obeying God and obeying men, the choice is clear. I've shared publicly and on many occasions how our theological convictions, mined from never-changing scripture, come in conflict with your ever-changing laws. AHS continues to make public statements that they tried working with us, which is shorthand for them seeking unbending compliance through greater threats of punishment. Not once has anyone in your government shown any interest in actually working with us. You have said that we have access to our independent judiciary for such discussions. However, our courts continue to refrain from weighing in on the constitutionality of your health orders. AHS lawyers continue to argue that more time is needed to produce the evidence that your office says it is using to make these restrictions. The courts have not proved to be a timely option for us. Your government can get a court order within a week. We are waiting on a hearing set for the end of September that began with lawyers in December of last year. The dates have been pushed back numerous times. Mr. Premier and elected MLAs, I'm pleading with you to uphold your highest laws to which you are held to account. Temporary public health orders do not supersede our Alberta Bill of Rights nor our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I know that I am in the minority, but these laws are designed to protect the minority. Mr. Premier, I know these restrictions will be lifted soon. I ask that you refrain from using imprisonment ever again to seek compliance to health orders. My imprisonment may be applauded by the left, but it has made Alberta the worldwide embarrassment of conservative governments. As restrictions are lifted, return responsibility to the people of Alberta and return it for good. May this not be a pattern for your government in the future. Thank you, Tim Stevens, pastor of Fairview Baptist Church. What a guy. What a what man. A, what a guy. What a fantastic letter. And here's a question, uh, Sheila. We know where Premier Kenny stands on this issue by his actions. We know where Mr. Shandro stands. How many MLAs are on side with Pastor Tim, even silently? I mean, you know Alberta far better than I do. You know the people in government far better than I do. What do you, th how many allies do you think he has in this government? I think he has fewer than he thinks. That's for sure. Um, I know a lot of them do reach out to me privately, both high, like prominent, powerful staffers and uh, even some, uh, you know, MLAs, in fact, who have reached out to me and said, this is not what I campaigned on doing. This is not why I want to be in government. It's not to lock up pastors. This is not who I am. And this is not who I thought Jason Kenny was. So I think he has fewer uh allies than he thought. 
I think he's doing a good job at isolating those allies from each other because I think if they knew that there were more of them who think alike, um, they would have the ability to put more pressure, mm. um, upward pressure. Um, but uh, I think it's probably a 50-50 split. I think there are a lot of people who are saying this is a bridge too far. Um, and then there are other people who are saying, if we just hang on, we'll have the stampede, we'll get through this, the viewer or the viewers, the voters will forget and maybe my allegiance to Jason Kenney during these dark, terrible times for Christians will get me a cabinet seat or a, a contract or a higher profile deal with the government. I think there's some of those people out there, too. And I think those people are in every government, especially in Ontario. Wow. How sad. Well, Sheila, from uh, Pastor Tim to Grace Life, we have an update there. You shot a video. And uh, if Mr. Producer can... Uh, run a clip of that, we can discuss what the latest is in terms of the Grace Life Church. Penny and Health Minister Tyler Shandro think Albertans are going to soon forget about what happened here at Grace Life, what the two of them did here to the congregation at Grace Life. I think they've got another thing coming because although this church building is being returned to its congregation. A pastor, Tim Stevens, still sits in jail in Calgary for the crime of not closing his own church. His wife and children were without him this Father's Day. And I hope the province learned that the Grace Life building here, well, it was just a comfortable place to worship. But the church is and has always been the people. And the church won because the tyrants never stopped them from meeting. Not even once. After 85 days in captivity, the Grace Life Church building is finally being returned to the congregation it belongs to. By July 1st, the province of Alberta says that it will take the mall cops, the porta potties, and the portable fencing and move on. On April 7th in uh, Dawn Raid, the Alberta government, so Alberta Health Services, with the help of the local RCMP, seized this building behind me. It's the Grace Life Church building west of Edmonton. The building itself was fenced off at the time behind multiple layers of portable fencing and tarping to obscure that it was ever a church to begin with, and then heavily fortified, turning it into a temporary RCMP garrison. It was a show of force and intimidation meant to bring this church congregation into compliance with the government's coronavirus health regulations. You see, for much of the winter, this church behind me here flung their doors open to a willing and grateful Christian faith community in defiance of the ever-evolving capacity restrictions on places of worship. Sometimes the restrictions were 15% of capacity. Sometimes they were 30. But here at Grace Life, it was 100% capacity. Grace Life also didn't force the congregation here to wear masks or socially distance from each other. Because according to Grace Life, they must meet all together in person every week as part of their fundamental practice of their faith. For all of this, the church came under surveillance from the local RCMP and Alberta Health Services, who entered the church on several occasions to gather evidence during worship services. That's in contravention of the Canadian Criminal Code. Officials were also stopped from entering the church during Easter by church elders. Imagine the gall. The church's defiance of the law in obedience to God resulted in thousands of dollars in fines. And the pastor here, James Coates, spent 35 
days in Edmonton's maximum security remand facility for failing to abide by an undertaking that required him to violate his conscience and his religion to make his congregation abide by the onerous public health orders. Now, while Pastor Coates was in jail, his associate pastor, Jake Spence, stepped up to the pulpit every week facing jail time himself, continuing to hold services here. Now, when the Alberta government realized that arresting the pastor wouldn't stop the congregation from meeting, the government arrested the church building as well. There were protests here in the immediate aftermath of the province seizing the church property and then fortifying it with cops and private security guards. Now, it's been nearly three months since the property seizure. The police presence here has all but disappeared. And instead, the province has left their porta potties on the church's doorstep and mall cops from Paladin Security here to make sure that no Christians get the inconvenient idea that they might actually be able to worship their God. And the congregation, while well, they've moved to meeting at a clandestine rotating location every Sunday to avoid authorities. Taking the building has not stopped this community of believers from meeting together every Sunday the way they say they're called to do by God. The congregation just meets in secret now the way the persecuted early Christian church did the way persecuted Christians in some of the more oppressive parts of the world are forced to do today. But this, this is Alberta and they say we're strong and free. Now, Tuesday night, I received word from the members of Grace Life Congregation that they were informed that on July 1st, the province's official relaunch date the church would be returned to the congregation. Now, the province can take their temporary church prison, their portable toilets, and their mall cops, and they can put it into storage until the next emergency that bureaucrats and politicians will use to justify the persecution of Christians and the constant infringement of the rights of Albertans to practice their religion and their right of free assembly. Because if the province did it once, you know, they're going to do it again. And at the end of the day, I wonder if the province has learned anything, anything from all of this. If Premier Jason Kenney and Health Minister Tyler Shandro think Albertans are going to soon forget about what happened here at Grace Life, what the two of them did here to the congregation at Grace Life, I think they've got another thing coming. Because although this church building is being returned to its congregation. A pastor, Tim Stevens, still sits in jail in Calgary for the crime of not closing his own church. His wife and children were without him this Father's Day. And I hope the province learned that the Grace Life building here, well, it was just a comfortable place to worship. But the church is and has always been the people. And the church won because the tyrants never stopped them from meeting. Not even once. For Rebel News, I'm Sheila Gunn Reid. Wow, Sheila, that was a superb report. Um, oh, you know, thanks. first, a couple of observations. Why is it whenever I see a Paladin security guard uh, car or personnel, it's always some kind of a fiasco or a scandal, whether it's a seized church or a um, COVID quarantine hotel. It, what is it about that security service that's drawn there like, you know, flies to you know what? Secondly, uh, forget about the, the mall cops, as you rightfully call them. What I find appalling is certainly in the early days of this seizure 
of this church. The number of, you know, the amount of actual real police, real law enforcement that were deployed, like there's no homicide or sexual assault or human trafficking or drug crime being carried out in Alberta, you know, like real crime. You know, that was yeah. a, that is appalling. I can only imagine what the dollar amount is. And, and here's my last question. I, I wonder if like Adam Skelly, um, Premier Kenny or your finance minister is going to get their calculator out, uh, calculate the costs and send Grace Life Church a bill uh, as Adam Skelly was sent for $187,000 for the law enforcement that went to shut down his Etobicoke uh, restaurant. So I guess that remains to be seen if they actually have that much chutzpah. Yeah, you know, I don't know how petty they're going to be. I know since I complained last time in a video that they were letting the building become overgrown. Um, they've actually gone and cut the grass, I guess, once um, so that it doesn't look like a hay field. Um, by the way, who was I kidding yesterday? My whole I could hardly even use my mouth. My face was so swollen. <laughs> I didn't yesterday. notice. I thought those <laughs> I thought those sunglasses were hiding everything. But boy, I'm 100 percent better compared to what I was yesterday. Anyway. Yeah, it's um, it's really strange that, you know, a, a week ago, Grace Life was going to have to sue to get the property turned back over to them. The uh, Alberta government even though they announced that we're, we were moving into stage three reopening, that the, the stampede is going ahead. They didn't even consider that Grace Life would maybe want the property they own back. And, so, you know, <laughs> like it, it didn't even occur to them. Like, hey, maybe we should give the church back since we're having, you know, the greatest show on earth, as they like to call the Calgary Stampede. Maybe these guys would like to go back to church and quit meeting outside or wherever they're meeting. Yeah. Um, you know, and... And we do need to remember, Tim Stevens Church is still seized by the province and Tim Stevens is still in jail. So, yeah, you gave the building back. But big whoop that, like I said in the video, the building is just a comfortable place to worship. It's the fact that you keep persecuting the Christians that I have a problem with. Yeah. Well, Sheila, I believe we have some chats. Uh, uh, people want to weigh in on these uh, two issues. So uh, let's uh, sally forth. Okay, let's do that. We've got a hyper chat from White Fell DM uh, says, hello from the crew aboard the Odyssey for Q&A content systems overlays ECT. Follow and click the bell to keep up to date. When we go live, drop a question or a comment. Thank you for choosing Odyssey. Well, again, clever spend of the marketing dollars. We've got a rumble. I don't know what we call the rumble chats. Um, flame two, three, two, three. We need a hundred of these trucks. We'd love to give you a hundred of these oh, trucks. Yeah. We love the trucks. The problem is they're a little pricey. They are. And so uh, we'll give you as many trucks as we can crowdfund for. And if you want to help us pay for this one, please go to shame on Um, we've got a lot of politicians that we would love to deploy the shame mobile, to deal with. Um, Rod Phillips is one of them, I think, probably. Oh, yeah, um, that's for sure. <laughs> and, he could use a dose of reality in, on a video billboard. And how about, as Ezra likes to call him, Canada's worst cop, a.k.a. Staff Sergeant Dan McLean in Peterborough, who hands out summons for handshaking and laughter. And we'll get to that later, folks. I would love to have a uh, a truck like that drive the, the mean streets of Peterborough, but 
Continue. Yeah. <laughs> we need one for John Tory too. By the way, hair places got to open in <laughs> Toronto because his hair and like, look, I'm somebody, my hair is unruly. I know that. Um, but I don't think he has like unruly hair texture like me. Like he is starting to look like, and it, don't take this the wrong way because live your life, right? John Tory starting to look like a middle-aged lesbian field <laughs> hockey coach. <laughs> well, it is Pride Month, so there you go. Look, and I'm just, I'm just saying that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with me. <laughs> that that's just how he looks right now. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. I mean, I, I got to admit, uh, I'm going underground for my barbering needs. Oh, my goodness. That, that's, that's turning into a mullet, Sheila. You know, yeah. maybe you should put Look a ball that. cap on. That That's kind of a, like a, a hockey haircut almost, you know, <laughs> for the uh, old-timers beer league, of course. But um, I'm I'm... I got to admit, I'm going underground. I'm getting my uh, hair done professionally. I'm breaking the law. And you know what, Doug Ford? You can torture me. I'm not going to rat out my barber. Actually, you know what? Don't torture me. I'll tell you, Sheila, I would give up any information to avoid being tortured. I'm, I'm so weak that way. But so disregard what I said there. But uh, I'll, I'll try very hard not to give up the name of my barber. Don't. <laughs> Okay, we've got um, a rumble chat from Joyful Art from the Heart. Maybe pastors should have their services take place up in the Sky Palace. Yeah, there are no rules up there. You can just do whatever you want. When you get caught, just sorry, I guess, cuts it. But sorry doesn't seem to cut it for these pastors. That's a great idea. Anyway. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a great idea, Sheila. We've got a hyper chat of five libraries from Morphidus. Keep up your great work. We will. Super you from Canada Goose One. I'm not religious, but I find this so shameful. Me too. Wasn't the car of the pastor damaged? I'm not sure about that. Media critic crickets, however, yeah. Um, not just crickets. They're actively cheering. Yeah. Sorry? Oh, yes. Not the same pastor. Not Pastor Stevens. It was Pastor um, Arts. But yeah, the, the Pastor Arts. Uh, the lug nuts yeah. on the wheel of his wife's car or pickup. Sorry, this is Alberta. The women drive pickups here too. Um, her car or her pickup truck, the the lug nuts um, were loosened and her tire came flying off. So think of the perverse logic process here, Sheila. Uh, we don't like you congregating because it's potentially unsafe. And to make our point, we're going to loosen the lug nuts on your wheels so that you potentially fly off the highway and maybe get critically injured or even die. Wow. You know, safety first, eh, Sheila? That's unbelievable. Well, and think about, uh, so maybe she doesn't get hurt. Maybe her car just gets severely damaged. But when that tire comes flying off at 60 or 70 kilometers an hour and it bounces down the freeway in through somebody else's windshield, what then? Yeah, you somebody know, they, who might be on your side in terms of the lockdowns, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It's just random. You could hurt a random person and they just don't seem to care. Yeah, and it's criminal, by the way. 
You know, I mean, yeah, big time. It, when you think of it, 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 it almost I don't know if the cops would go this far. But as far as I'm concerned, it's an act of attempted murder, because that's what could result. Somebody dying from your vandalism if you do something like that. Yep. Uh, we've got a hyper chat of one library from Celtic Mutt. Khaleesi Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the name of that bald jerk that arrested Stevens and I will make a shirt shaming him on my shop, on your Redbubble shop. Actually, if you go into the video um, that Adam did of the day of the arrest, um, I think Efron actually dug up his badge number and found his name. And it's published on that video. So you can go back and find it there. Uh, you know what, Justin, can we stop right here? Because we only have 20 minutes left in the show. And I wanted to talk about the store. Yes. Really quick. Would you mind bringing that up, please? And the reason I want to talk about the store is because, sorry, Justin, I sort of put you on the spot there. I want to talk about some of the new stuff that we have in the store. So we have some really great um, Canada Day stuff. <laughs> if you celebrate Canada Day, if you don't celebrate Canada Day, there's a Dominion Day shirt in there for you and David Menzies also. But, okay, go. you're going too fast. <laughs> going too fast, Justin. <laughs> Okay, let's stop there. There's this new one uh, with Fauci depicted as Pinocchio, which oh, I thought was kind of fun. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 Our T-shirt designer guy is so good. So clever. We could just shoot him an idea. And a couple hours later, he's got something to put in the store. This one, this shirt, I love the freedom isn't free shirt because it's perfect for Canada Day, but it's not overtly Canada Day. So if you're like David and you're fundamentally opposed to Canada Day, but rather you celebrate Dominion Day, this will work too. But I think it also works for people who uh, celebrate Red Friday. So they wear Red Friday, red shirts on Friday to support the troops. But also you can wear this anytime. It's not uh, like I know some people love to have their like one Canada Day shirt. But I like to be able to wear my clothes all the time, not just like one day <laughs> of the year. So I think this works well and you can wear it. On, let's say Remembrance Day. Great shirt for that, too. So I really like this shirt. The Freedom Isn't Free shirt. It's flying out of the store, too, by the way. So get yours today. Uh, Justin, can you keep scrolling down? Because there's another one in there that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> there's this one. Well, it's always this one. Uh, remind me, actually, Justin, after we get off air, because I need to put one of those in my shopping cart in the store because I'm embarrassed that I don't have it. Uh, right here is David with the Mountie. That's David's special Dominion Day shirt. So um, <laughs> if you want it in time for Dominion Day, I think probably today's cut off to order it and use the coupon code Menzies10 if you haven't. It'll give you 10% off everything in the store. Don't scroll ahead because the one shirt I wanted to talk about here is this one here, the Save the Pastors shirt. Yes. So this is a brand new shirt in the store. Um, and we, it's, we do have a particular Save Archer shirt in the store. But as it turns out, there's a lot of pastors who need saving here in Alberta and really not just Alberta, but, you know, across Canada. We've got Pastor Tobias in Manitoba. We've got the Church of God in Aylmer, Ontario, um, and several other churches, um, Baptist churches, incidentally, by and large, in uh, Ontario who are experiencing hefty fines um, for just doing exactly what Pastor Tim Stevens said that he is called to do in that open letter he uh, wrote to the Alberta government. And so to support um, these brave Christian leaders who are taking a stand against the state, the way um, St. 
Peter and St. Paul did. Uh, we have this shirt to honor them, save the pastors. Um, and again, that one's going to end up in my shopping cart as soon as I'm done, because I can't wait to explain when people ask me, what does that mean? I'm just going to rattle off all the times Christians have been persecuted during the pandemic because they've really been the one faith group who have stood up and were smacked right back down. But brave, brave pastors like Tim Stevens, you know, they're just they're going to do what they do, and they're just going to face the consequences because what else can they do? You know, but that's the thing, Sheila. If we were to go back in time just two years ago, 2019, and you showed me a Rebel News Store uh, merchandise from the future, Save the Pastors, I would assume, oh, these must be pastors in North Korea or Syria or Iraq, (laughs) not the Dominion of Canada, for goodness sakes. Don't you find that chilling? Yeah, I mean... our pastors are experiencing the same treatment that pastors in Hong Kong are experiencing yeah. when when China is moving in and saying, OK, well, we're going to rewrite the Bible because you need to practice your faith this way. Like in Hong Kong, it, which is strange because the communists tend to be pretty efficient in their oppression in this way. But they're actually taking the extra step of forcing a rewrite of the Bible. Whereas in Alberta, they're just like, no, we're not even going to bother with rewriting the Bible. We're just going to tell you how to worship. Yeah. Um, instead of putting that extra layer in to justify telling you how to worship. Um, this is the stuff that Cardinal Zen has been sounding the alarm bells about um, with regard to the meddling of the uh, communist government in the Catholic Church in Hong Kong. And yet in Canada, our Catholic leaders to my great disappointment, they've just gone along with all of this and and uh, they haven't said a word yeah. uh, largely about their fellow Christians being imprisoned. Absolutely astonishing. Well, uh, why don't we get to the next uh, item, uh, Sheila, which, uh, oh, well, we finally had a little eviction a good kind of eviction happened in Toronto yeah. uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, we were there on the periphery because only in Toronto would you see um, homeless people, some of whom are mentally ill, some of whom are quite violent. I experienced that last September in this very same park. Only in Toronto could you get 200 uh, members of the uh, Champagne Socialist Brigade and their Praetorian Guard, the Antifa types, showing up to try to prevent an eviction. And by the way, it, this is not any kind of victimless crime. This is turning a park in downtown Toronto into a public sewer. This is turning a park, including the children's playground, into a dangerous area thanks to discarded needles. It's a disgrace. Finally, after more than a year of putting up with the disgrace of Trinity Bellwoods, the police and the security came in. And uh, we'll uh, roll some footage of that uh, right now. David Menzies for Rebel News here in downtown Toronto. Well, folks, I am back at Trinity Bellwoods Park, and it looks like Mayor John Tory, it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. There are more than 100 police officers here. There are members of the riot squad. We saw the mounted unit. And basically, it's time to take back the park from squatters that have been here for months. Actually, correct that. It's been well over a year that there has been a filthy tent city in this park. And it's been months and months of negotiations that has done nothing. So the police are here to evict these illegal squatters, illegal squatters that have been 
urinating, defecating, uh, dropping dirty needles in the park, and um, acting out violently. And no, I do not exaggerate. You might recall that my cameraman Lincoln and I were in this very park at this very spot uh, last September. And even without engaging anyone, check out what happened to yours truly. This is really you rich. Are there are people here breaking the trespass act. Please yeah, so that was a dog already deemed to be a dangerous dog. It was on the dangerous dog list. And uh, yeah, I don't see any problem in leaving a dangerous dog in the hands of a homeless person who is violent. But in any event, um, the police are here to clear out the park in such numbers because there are several, if you can believe it, pro-homeless demonstrators and homeless advocates. And it is perverse, folks, because there is indeed shelter space for all these homeless people at the city of Toronto. And yet you have homeless advocates, if you can imagine, arguing against giving homes for the homeless. They are arguing in favor of being homeless. It sure doesn't make sense to me. But in any event, it is time that the city reclaim the park. After all, if you walk just a few hundred meters north, you will come across social distance circles in which I believe a maximum five or six people are allowed in every circle. And if you exceed that number or you walk out of your circle, guess what? You get an $880 ticket for doing so. This just shows you the perversity of Trinity Bellwoods Park, folks. I'm here at a social distancing circle and it is covered in what appears to be horse excrement. This is where the law-abiding parkgoers are supposed to stay. And meanwhile, um, the drama goes on in terms of the homeless uh, campers and their supporters. It's uh, coming up for four o'clock. I don't know if this will be resolved today or not, but if you are coming to Trinity Bellwoods, if you don't want to be in a circle uh, full of horse manure, um, bring your own tent and then a different set of rules, it would seem, apply. You know, Sheila, there's so much to unpack wow. there. And um, you would think that the crowds would be cheering on law enforcement to get rid of the illegal squatters. Quite the opposite. In fact, even if we had security that day and we got into that crowd just by asking um, questions, we would have been assaulted. And I say that, I know that for a fact, because they were assaulting peace officers. They were throwing haymakers at members of law enforcement. Um, so there's your uh, liberal, loving, tolerant, nonviolent left in action again. And there's two things, two main things. One is um, the city has stated that there is a shelter bed 
for each and every one of those squatters. So it's not like get out of the park and then go to another park or sleep on a sidewalk. There was shelter space, but there are rules. You can't bring yep. drugs into a shelter. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. You have to follow at least some rules. Second thing, Sheila, there are a lot of these people there. It's not just people down on their luck. They're mentally ill. And once upon yep. a time, we had institutions for these people, for their safety and ours. And then in the 60s and 70s, in fact, just a three-minute walk away from Trinity Bellwoods, that's where 999 Queen Street used to be, the, the asylum for Toronto. Um, these people were, 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 were kept, you know, secluded in rooms. And then in the 60s and 70s, like I said, there was this idea, well, you know, there's we have medication now, we have pills, you know, we have pharmaceuticals. If they just take their meds, uh, they don't have to be locked up. That's a big ask because what if they don't take their meds, which is what happens. And these people really, when you think of it through no fault of their own, they're suffering from a, a debilitating yeah. mental illness get violent, right? And you saw it on, you know, I still have those dog fang marks in my inner thigh, uh, Sheila. Um, you know, and how how crazy is that? This was a dog already on the dangerous dog list. And somehow the authorities thought that deranged individual having a dangerous dog, uh, unleashed, by the way, as you saw, uh, there was no uh, no harm to be done there where just like meters away, there was a children's playground and a tennis court. It, yeah. it is unbelievable. But like I said, the biggest shame are those supporters of this homeless yeah. encampment. The homeless advocates who used to say, hey, more shelter space, get these people off yep. the street, who are now in support of keeping the homeless homeless. I, Sheila, my, my mind is about to, <laughs> to explode. Can you even figure this out? There's a lot of money in being a homeless advocate. True. And if there are no more homeless left to advocate for because you got them a shelter bed and got them into transitional housing and got them the help that they need and got them the right medication and and helped them to no longer live a life of human suffering. Yep. Um if you cure the problem, you put yourself out of work. Yeah. So um, that's, I think, a lot of these people, their their employment, their livelihood uh, feeds on the human suffering of others. So if you if you fix that problem, the problem is those people will have to get a real job. You know, you're 100% right, Sheila. And it, it's like my analogy about the town dog catcher. And by the way, I'm not comparing homeless people to dogs. Don't don't get that uh, idea in your head, folks. But what I'm getting at is if you're the dog catcher, you certainly don't want stray dogs running around, hundreds of them in the town. But neither do you want zero strays, right? Because right. then you're out of a job. You want, you know, three or four a week, you know, keep things under control. And uh, Sheila, like you said, there is a homeless industry now. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, many of these people are very well paid. They don't live in tents. Uh, nope. They don't have to endure minus 30 nights in the wintertime. 
time. Uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. And that's what we saw play out in Toronto. And the funny thing is, if you go to Trinity Bellwoods Park, there are, you know, very nice homes that um, are on the periphery of the park. Mm-hmm. And when we went up to people who are outside to say, hey, would you like to come in ca- on camera and weigh in on this? They were too afraid. They, they don't want to be seen speaking out against us. We saw a hamburger joint, um, and it had a sign in the window, Sheila, saying, basic, I can't remember the exact words, but we support the homeless encampments. And I'm just wondering if they're putting that in the window so they don't get a brick thrown through their window by one of these Antifa types. So it's the tail wagging the dog, and it's this environment of fear and intimidation, and that is not right. And hasn't um, John Tory referred to these as protest encampments oh, yeah. as opposed like they're a, a political protest? I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's just a homeless squat of people who don't want to follow the rules. And look, I hate rules, too. But 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 I mean, this is not a, a political protest at all. Um, however, um, da, or John Tory seems to treat this form of political protest, yep. which I think is a cop-out, a lot differently than he treated anti-lockdown protesters um, way back in January. A hundred percent. That's what he said yesterday. I heard it on uh, the radio station, Sheila. And I think what John Tory was referring to was not the squatters and the homeless people, but their allies that came out on Tuesday to uh, throw interference in the face of law enforcement and also throw punches into the faces of law enforcement. And he said something that, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, and you can go back and check the tapes, folks, that, you know, in a democratic society, you have a right to protest. Oh, really, John Tory? Because peaceful protesters, and I mean 100% peaceful, people quoting biblical passages, people waving a flag, a Canadian flag, that is, uh, people just standing on a corner by themselves were being tackled by Toronto police officers. And we have tons of video evidence about that, Sheila. So suddenly it's okay to have violent protesters. The, the, the mayor talks a mean game there, but the anti-lockdown types, they have to be dealt with violently. What an appalling hypocrite we have as a mayor. Oh. Justin, I don't know if you can hear me, but I think I lost David's audio. So oh, okay. I, I was just ranting and raving about John Tory, but I do believe if you can hear Sheila, can you hear me now? Oh, okay then. <laughs> oh, we have a technical difficulty. Why don't we throw to another clip then, and while we try to fix that up, um, Sid the Kid, one of our ace cameramen, and I, we went to Peterborough, Ontario yesterday, folks, because you might recall uh, I received tickets for covering an anti-lockdown protest there because I was shaking hands and laughing. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Well, we heard that a uh, CBC TV series was being shot there, and we're pretty sure it would involve uh, laughing and um, handshaking. And we wanted to see if the Peterborough police were throwing out tickets too. Check it out. Even Menzies for Rebel News here in Peterborough. Well, folks, we were tipped off that an episode of Murdoch Mysteries is being filmed here. It's a CBC production, so I have absolutely no idea what Murdoch Mysteries is. Uh, but adding to the mystery is we were told that there are scenes involving handshaking 
and laughter in the script. And as you well know, folks, handshaking and laughter is verboten in Peterborough. We were told that there might be some scenes involving handshaking and laughing occurring during this taping of uh, murder. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea. You, you know, when people laugh, sir, or they shake hands, uh, you know, when they're I greeting. I have no idea what you're talking You've about. never heard of that? No. Nothing. And I'm just yeah. wondering, does, does the virus know? Diff- oh, are, are you really that afraid? Yeah, because we're in a pandemic right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. you have your mask off. That's right, because I'm in the mask off area. I've been told (laughs) that fellow with the mask was just about three meters away from a sign, Sheila, that said mask free area. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But you know what, folks, that's just a little teaser. It'll be up uh, maybe later today or tomorrow. The full report, I believe, because we're running uh, tight on time, Sheila, we do have some more uh, uh, chat. So if we can get to that, that would be wonderful, my friend. You got it. We've got a rumble chat from Frog Soupy says he's got to get a Rebel shirt. Great. Please go to rebelnewsstore.com. <laughs> There's a shirt there for you. Use yep. the coupon code Menzies because I'm sure most of you have already used the coupon code Sheila10. So Menzies10. <laughs> We've got a rumble chat from Jesus Loves All His Children. Got to get the new Menzoid shirt. Reminds me of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> It does. However, I think it might be Triple H's body. I think think. you're right. I think that's who I appropriated. And by the way, folks, that wasn't my idea. I I don't have that kind of an ego. They, you know, the crew in the back uh, (laughs) with this up. But I will strive as hard as I can to get either a Triple H or a um, Ultimate Warrior body. Um, Would you believe mankind? (laughs) I think even I'll settle for Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) <laughs> just, I'm, I'm Mr. Rhodes. Mr. Producer just whispered in my ear, how about Yokozuna? <laughs> yeah, a Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, whatever. <laughs> I think I'm being body shamed on uh, live internet, folks. <laughs> well, there's some of the toughest men in professional wrestling. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we've got a uh, rumble chat from Alberta Separatist who says, excellent letter, Tim, regarding Tim Stevens's letter. We've got uh, Richardio Big. Oh, sorry. R- Richadio says, big rally outside the remand this center- this weekend. Too bad I can't be there. Yeah, I pulled up the information on that um, rally at the remand. Um, it's called the Rally for Freedom. Uh, there it's on June 26th at one o'clock at the Calgary remand center. Sounds like maybe tentatively pastor Jacob Rayom will be there. David, you know, pastor Jacob Rayom from Trinity Bible. Great gentleman. Yeah. And, um, there's a couple other, um, more freedom-minded politicians who have the potential to be there. Um, but I know the Christian community and the freedom-loving community alike will be there to support Tim and his family um, in these terrible times. Yeah, and they won't be throwing punches either, Sheila. No, they'll clean everything up and they'll actually exactly. pray, for the, they'll pray for the people who are persecuting Tim, yes. that they, they have a change of heart. Um, uh, we've got a hyper chat of five libraries from Rebecca Henderson. Tucker Carlson did a report on how the World Health Organization employees are advocating for climate lockdowns after we exit COVID lockdowns. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. I know. I know. Even in light of the data coming out saying how harmful they are, according to McMaster Children's Hospital, 
child suicide attempts are up 200%. You know what? The COVID lockdowns are the world that the climate alarmists want for us, where you don't get to leave your house because you literally can't afford to fire up your car. I mean, it's a different reason why you're not leaving the house. Uh, they don't want you to go out, get groceries. Um, you know, it, it's the world where you can't work and you have to remain at home all the time. That's what an onerous carbon tax actually does to people. 100%. And uh, that's what they want. And, you know, Sheila, and we're not making this up. I remember last month no. I interviewed uh, Mark Morano, a great friend of the show at mm. uh, climatedepot.com. Uh, and it was, I think it was the, extent, uh, the Extinction Rebellion types saying kind of like an accelerated Olympic Games says schedule. Every two years we should have a COVID-19 complete shutdown of the economy because it's good to uh, reduce the carbon footprint. Can you believe it? And do, do any of these people actually work in the real world or do they just get government oh. grants or live in their yeah. uh, grandparents basement well again they're just like the homeless advocates right yeah. like the, their job depends on the fact that the world is going to end due to a climate emergency right so if that actually doesn't happen and things are great and there's a great future for humanity out there they're out of a job and they'll yeah. have to get a real job that might be harder <laughs> than whatever they're doing. Traveling the world. Um, yeah, we're all going to die because of increased carbon emissions. Let me just get on this private jet and fly to a fancy person meeting. Uh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Oh. Well, we've got a hyper chat of five libraries from Morphidus. The global socialist elite always promote those who make a great big F up. Yep. Over in Sweden, we have Morgan Johansson who has destroyed the Immigration Department, Social Service Department, and now the Department for National Preparedness in an event of extreme events. What could go wrong? Yeah, I've got um, actually an order paper question investigation about um, just how unprepared for certain things um, our emergency people really are. Well, in terms of what could go wrong, be careful of the questions you ask. Maybe somebody in Sweden is thinking of uh, appointing Greta Thunberg to that portfolio. <laughs> wonder what that kid's going to actually do for a living. <laughs> you know, like what, when the climate emergency doesn't claim us all. You know, what? A, by the way, like what a depressive way to live that oh, you're yeah. all just going to die really, really soon. Um, <laughs> but like Jeez. what would she do if she had to get a real job? Yeah, it's when going to be kind of like, set? you know, when there's like a, you know, a show like Different Strokes and it goes off the air and you look back, you know, 25, 30 years later, where are those cute kids now? And they're typically in prison. They've got a drug addiction. You know, I just wonder if that is the uh, the fate for uh, Greta or uh, or, uh, or maybe she becomes the female version of Al Gore or David Suzuki, Sheila, because there's a lot of money in that racket, let me tell you. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people around her who see her as a meal ticket. So they're going to do their best to keep her very safe. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe her parents will have to get real jobs <laughs> if she can't <laughs> scold adults about climate change. Um, Annalisa says, oh. dang, she got cut off. Menzies looking exceptionally handsome today. Oh, Annalisa, blushing. <laughs> it's true. Even though I have a black eye obscuring part of my field of vision. Um, I agree with you. David looks great today. Oh, gosh. Uh, we've got a super <laughs> you shout from Hammers Girl 88. I don't think the premier and MLAs will read the letter. They don't care. You know, some of them do. 
some of them do. But also, you know, it's like uh, the same way people, some people don't want to get on the scale because they don't want to see the number on the scale. So they just quit weighing themselves. I think there's some of that going on with our politicians where they just won't click on that link to open that letter because they don't want it. They know what it's going to say and they don't want someone to give them that um, fire hose of reality in the face. Oh, Sheila, I think I'm a little more skeptical than you are. I think they will click it on and read it, if only to find a line in that letter in which they can hang Pastor Tim with his own words, because I think yep. there's that level of deviousness amongst some of those MLAs for sure. Yep. Uh, we've got a hyper chat of one library uh, from Binga says, amazing letter from Pastor Tim, truth bomb. My prayers are with Tim and his family. By the way, shout out to Justin. Wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got a rumble chat from uh, Richadio. Richadio. Wonder who they will send the bill to for all that fence and security. That's the thing. They're either going to build a church or bill us, the rest of the Alberta taxpayers. Um, but, and it's all for something that never should have happened in the first place yeah. because they never stopped meeting, not even once. So what, what did the fence prove? Well, if they do that, see you in court. You know, and, and going back to the Adam Skelly thing, I thought, Sheila, that was unprecedented. I can't, maybe it's happened before, but I can't remember the city of Toronto, for example, going after some, you know, drug den that they had to send the riot squad to and uh, send the head honcho a bill for the in, in the law enforcement costs. Th these are uncharted waters. It, it, it seems to only apply to law-abiding citizens that are running afoul of a health bureaucrat. It's true. We've got, speaking of health bureaucrats in need of shaming, we've got a hyper chat of five libraries from Rebecca Henderson. Ontarians need a truck shaming Ford, Tam, Elliot, Williams, and any politician who are okay with the harm they are inflicting on the citizens when they don't follow their own rules. You guys should reach out to Turning Point USA there, anti-lockdown, and would help get young people to know what's happening. Um, yeah, they focus largely on the United States. I, you know, it's funny. You go to these anti-lockdown protests, there are so many young people there. It's not just a bunch of old, miserable conservatives. It's young people who just want to get back to living their lives. Well, I can tell you, Rebecca, when it comes to shaming those in government in the Hogtown area, we don't need a truck. We need a convoy. <laughs> I'm listening, David. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if people want to donate to Adam's uh, shame wagon, as I've been calling it, um, they can donate at shameonshandro.com. Yes. There's a petition sitting there, too, if you'd like to sign. Um, but, you know, we would love to make this a success so that we can keep doing it to, as you rightly point out, some of the other people who really deserve it. Um, we've got a super you. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, we've got a super you from Hammers Girl 88. Tori has killed Toronto. Yeah. Uh, we've got a hyper chat of five library from Rebecca Henderson. Canada shouldn't have to pay high taxes for our leaders to lock us up. What the government is doing will sadly probably lead to an insurrection. I don't know. I, there's a lot of people who are just asleep at the switch. I've lost trust in government. There was already someone who was caught wielding a knife outside Ford's home. Ah, don't do that. I'm not pro-violence, but it could happen. You know, that's the thing. People are in a pressure cooker. People are desperate. People have lost everything. So yeah. uh, 
I'm not justifying anything, but I understand how people end up in that position. No, and, and Sheila, I think when we advocate for a rebellion, if you will, like the great Canadian barbecue rebellion, we're not talking about, you know, weapons and violence, <clears throat> you know, like the anti-fun Black Lives Matter types. We're talking about a rebellion of words and ideas and maybe civil disobedience, like opening your store. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, we've got a hyper chat um, from History Club World. Sheila, who do you think should be the representatives of Alberta in the Senate? Did Ezra send this? Is this Ezra? <laughs> Anyways. I know who I'd vote for. <laughs> Don't. David, what a nightmare. Uh, I think you would be good. See, History World Club, if that's your real name, I think this is Ezra. Um, follow History World Club. History Club World, I'm sorry, on Instagram. You know, both of the people who are running so far for the Alberta Senate, neither one is blowing my hair back, that's for sure. We've got like an entrenched NDP union activist type and then um, uh, someone who alleges that they're conservative, but they were like a Redford Tory insider oh, and boy. like just, you know, just a hangers-on um, for the conservative movement. And they go from being red Tory to hard blue, depending on the day of the week and where, oh, what sort of political social climbing they want to do. And so those are our options here in Alberta. Um, for those of you who don't know, we do something kind of unique here in Alberta. We elect our own senators and then we wait patiently for the federal government to appoint them. So the prime minister of the day. Now, Justin Trudeau will never appoint our senators. He'll just appoint, you know, whoever he wants. But so this next Senate election will be almost like a protest vote um, to say that, you know, we will determine our own fate and our own representatives. And if there's ever a conservative leader in Ottawa, again, who becomes the prime minister, hopefully they'll appoint our senators. We already have a conservative senator in waiting, as we call them, Mike Shake and Justin Trudeau passed him over. Hmm. So he passed over the choice of Albertans to appoint Paula Simons, uh, liberal, independent senator who used to work for the Edmonton Journal, who seems oh, yeah. perfectly fine with the liberals crackdown on free speech. So there oh. you go. Well, Sheila, there is, of course, one other option, and you are in complete control of that option. I want to know why everyone's mad at me. Like, why, <laughs> why does everybody <laughs> want to punish me with something so terrible? Um I know it's like it's Ezra's dream. It is his dream. And mine, too. I, and you know what? I'm going to say it right now. You would win. You would win, Sheila. And you know, what? I can't figure out why you won't do it, because maybe I don't even think there's a skeleton in your closet because the haters would uh, have dig and dug that out already. Them. So to, to appropriate the Nike uh, slogan, just do it. You know, I've never, <laughs> ever declined anything Ezra's ever asked me to do before. Well, then don't if he stop wants, that policy. If he wants, but this is the one thing where I'm just like, no, never, never. I don't get um, it. <laughs> and and I, I didn't even say no for the longest time. And I don't even actually think I've ever said no. I just keep saying I'll talk about it with my family. What do they and know? That's it. What do, they know? what do they need me for? Okay, we've got, we've got a hyper chat of his, from History Club World. Would Rebel News ever work with Western Standard in a formal way? And what about education content in the world works with History Club World? 
you know, we Western Standard does their thing. And we do ours. And, um, you know, like we talk to those guys. I know, especially here in Alberta, um, you know, if they're at a place where I am and I think it's relevant to interview them, I do, of course. I've had Corey Morgan on the show before. I talked to Derek um, Fildebrandt every now and then. Um, but they do their thing and and we do ours. And I think we just have different business models. Um, and uh, with regard to education content, it's, t- it's tough. We're always doing the news, right? Mm. Like we're just doing the news that it's hard to do educational content. Although, however, we have tried to do a little bit more of like, these are your charter rights. Like I know Adam did a video with John Carpe where he sort of sits down and says, like, this is how this is. Your, these are your charter rights. These are this is how you defend them. And then I noticed Victoria, our amazing, amazing fight the fines coordinator. She's wonderful. She sort of went. She's so great. She went through the process of um, how to fight a lockdown ticket the other day. And we sort of grabbed a snip of that because we thought that that's something that needs to stand alone. It's really important um, for people to get that information and not just have it as like a one, two lines in a, in a video. So um, we do our best to educate people, but you know, we're just doing the news and we're doing our own thing. And I think the, the work we do here is really important. And I think we're all caught up. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, it looks like we went a quarter hour over time. So uh, thank you, everybody, for staying with us. Thank you to Mr. Producer, uh, Justin, and uh, all of you who gave us uh, your generous donations. We really do appreciate that. So on behalf of Sheila Gunn-Reed, I'm David Menzies signing off. We'll see you next Tuesday. In the meantime, stay sane.